Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. How long have you been working on that, Kevin? Huh? Uh, about four and a half months, Tim. But uh, that's only because I'm doing it the old-fashioned way. The sweat of my brow and an axe. A puck's on your axe, Al. <laughs> this is what you need, buddy. You know, the Benford 8200, 82cc's, 42-inch Pro Bar, silicone pistons, steel bucking spike. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, that's fine, Tim, but I'm trying to build it the way my forefathers did. But Al, three out of four fathers recommend this. <laughs> I prefer the axe, Tim. You power that yourself. Fine. Build a wimpy way, Al. But next time on Tool Time, I'm going to show everybody just how to use the Binford 8200. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Welcome those who are joining us online and also those who are joining us over in the Beacon. Thanks for being here today. So anyone a fan of home improvement? Yeah, we got a few. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah. Tim the Toolman Taylor, one of my favorite TV characters. He always had to have the bigger and badder tool every single time. And uh, as you, if you've watched the show, you know that it doesn't always work out so well for him. But in life, it actually helps to have a power tool, doesn't it? It actually helps a little bit. So I like to tinker around on my car. So I'll try to do the easy things uh, before we're taking it to a mechanic. So I can like change brakes and change the oil, things like that. But every single time I work in my car, uh, without you know, uh, a doubt, every time I have to take a tire off. I mean, it just seems like I have to take a tire off. And so when I first started working on cars, I would go ahead and grab the, the tire wrench from that you know, comes with your car. And so you get on that, and you're trying, <laughs> trying to get those lug nuts off, and it's such a pain, such a pain. But that was the hardest part of working on my cars was always just taking the, the lug nuts off. And then one day, one faithful day, must have been a God day, I was at Harbor Freight, <laughs> and I found this amazing, wonderful power tool. It's an electric impact wrench, and with this, I mean, it takes it makes makes taking tires off a breeze. I mean, you just put the lug nut on, you know, just like one of those NASCAR pit crew guys. You know, it works out so much better. It's so much more fun, and uh, and it's because it's a power tool. But let me ask you a question. If you had to take the lug nuts off of a tire, would you rather use this or would you rather use the Chicago Electric Power Tool half-inch impact wrench? Oh, oh, can I get it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> power tools. We're going to talk about power tools a little bit today. They make our lives so much easier. Now, to be a little more sophisticated, okay, and we're not talking about just changing the oil on cars. How many of us have used an electric coffee grinder, right? We've done that instead of, can you imagine hand grinding? I don't, I don't even know how you hand grind coffee beans. Have you ever done that, Hope? No, I, we all use like an a, electric coffee grinder. 
Or if we're going to clean off the driveway or siding, it's nice to have a power washer, right? Those are really nice to do uh, versus scrubbing. I mean, I can imagine scrubbing your driveway. That'd be awful. Um, and then, of course, as Tim the Toolman Taylor says, a chainsaw is so much better than an axe, right? Power tools, power tools, they are helpful in life. But let me submit to you, spiritual power tools are available for us to help us in our spiritual walk as well. When we become a follower of Jesus, we are given a measure of the Holy Spirit, and we are given some of these spiritual power tools, but many people do not use those today. I think it could be because, one, they don't know that they have them, or two, they don't know how to use them, or maybe even possibly they're kind of a little intimidated um, or afraid to use their spiritual power tools. But if we use our spiritual power tools, it will really help us in our life. Now, according to the Gospels, if you read the story of Jesus, Jesus lived the first 30 years of his life pretty normally. We don't, we don't read a lot beyond the birth, you know, the, the Christmas scene. Uh, we don't read much about Jesus until he's about 30 years old. And at 30 years old, he has an event happens, happen to him that changes his life. It incredibly changes his life. It starts in uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 21. I'm going to read that. It says, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. Now, Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. See, at that point, Jesus is baptized in the water, and then he's baptized by the Holy Spirit. And that's when he began, began his public ministry. So he goes off into the wilderness for 40 days, and then he comes out in the power of the Spirit. This is in Luke chapter 4. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. So he received a baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he began to teach in the power of the Spirit. But it didn't end there, as we know. His very next act, according to Luke, is in... Uh, same chapter, chapter 4, verse 33. This is where he casts a demon out of a man. It says, In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an impure spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Go away! What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man down before them all and came out without injuring them. So Jesus, in the power of the Spirit, starts teaching with authority. And not only does he teach in authority, he has authority over demonic spirits. He leaves the synagogue in verse 38. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. At sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. So Jesus now has begun his healing ministry 
through the power of the Spirit. Jesus was born a natural man. He lived 30 years of his life as a natural human being. And then he was baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to move in the supernatural. The Apostle Paul says it this way in the book of Philippians. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What Paul is saying is that Jesus is, it was part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But when Jesus came down to earth, he humbled himself and became a man. So when Jesus was here alive on earth, he did not live as God. He did not use his godly powers. He was human, just like me and you. And so when he received the Holy Spirit, that's when he began to do the supernatural. All of the miracles, all of the healings, his great teaching was done through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through his deity. And he did that to demonstrate that we have that same power available to us. Jesus didn't do anything that he, he didn't, he won't ask us to do anything that he hasn't done already himself. Now, after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, he returned to the Father, received the Holy Spirit from God the Father, and then poured it out on the early disciples. And last week, we talked about the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples. And then the disciples began to do the same things that Jesus did, began to do the supernatural, began to heal people, not through their humanness, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 10 through 11 says this, But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of, this, of his Spirit who lives in you. So this is saying, if Christ is in you, if you are a follower of Jesus, then the same spirit lives in you that raised Jesus from the dead. Think about that. Raised Jesus from the dead. He was dead for three days, came back to life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that spirit, if you're a follower of Christ, lives in you. So we have the Holy Spirit in us. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit available to each of us. And today I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit shows himself through us. It's called, uh, the topic is called spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are mentioned throughout scripture. Uh, a couple of main areas, though, are Romans chapter 12. If you want to read this and look this up later, you can. Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4, and then 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14. I'm going to be reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 4. And you can turn there in your Bibles if you'd like. Uh, we also will have it up on the screen as well. So 
So the book of Corinthians was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Corinth, teaching them many, many wonderful things, but especially talking about spiritual gifts. Verse 4 of chapter 12. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So today's message is titled Power Tools, Utilizing the Gifts of the Spirit. I'm going to give us some reasons why we should all learn about and utilize the gifts that God has given us. And you can fill those in in your handout, but let me pray first. For God, we come to you and we thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to live a very human life, to model what it means to be um, your son, God, and then to die for our sins on the cross. God, we just thank you for that. And Lord, we also just thank you for the Holy Spirit, that you, you have not left us as orphans, but you have sent the Holy Spirit to help us, God, to be with us and to work out your will through us, God. So, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for your presence during worship in both this auditorium and also over in the beacon. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak through me and to open up our hearts and minds to hear from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, you can fill this in on your handout if you'd like. We should all use our Holy Spirit power tools, number one, to bless others, to bless others. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So I looked up the Greek word for the common good. I wanted to know what that meant. And it's this Greek word, sumphero, which means common good to be better for, to bring together, to be expedient, be good, be profitable. So the Holy Spirit is given not for just our good, though. That's one thing to keep in mind. The Holy Spirit is given for the common good, for the good of everyone around us. Then I wanted to look up the word manifestation, because that's kind of a scary word, right? Manifestation. And it's this Greek word, phanerosis, which means Exhibition, that is figuratively expression or a bestowment. So it's this idea of an exhibition or to be demonstrated. All right? Now, watch this video. I want to talk more about, it, um, about what it means to demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit. But watch this video. This is from the 2019 World Strongest Man Competition. So explosive earlier on, up against Kilishkoski. Always smiling, always happy, always delighted. 
always looks, looks mildly terrified. It's amazing. <laughs> He's so good at every event. Well, will he be quite so dominant in pounds. this event after that performance by Bibby? But it's a great start. An incredibly fast competitor, Kieliszkowski, and this is extraordinary. <laughs> oh, well, look, I think now, now, now we have a world record. That was about 10 seconds, I think. I mean, he <laughs> smoked it by a second. Oh. Well, that was an incredible performance. Surely we will see a smile. That guy's big. <laughs> that, guy, that guy's tough. He carried a car, 1,000 pounds, you know, and won the, the championship. But, but the thing is, if you saw him, like, at the mall or somewhere, you'd go, oh, man, he's a, he's a big guy. He looks like a big guy. You wouldn't know that he could carry a car until he did it, though. You wouldn't know that he's the strongest man in the world unless he demonstrates his strength, right? Well, in the same way, our gifts are given for the common good, but they're only useful if we use them, if we demonstrate them, if we utilize them. Now, we don't do that to win a competition or to show off, but it's for the good of those around us. If you go back, Jesus received the gift of the Holy Spirit, but we know that he walked in the power of the Spirit by what he did. He healed the blind man because he cared about the blind man out of compassion. It was for the good of the blind man. He fed the 5,000 because they were hungry. He turned water into wine to save the host and hostess of the wedding from embarrassment. All of his spiritual gifts were demonstrated for the good of others. Now, in this section of Scripture that we started with, there are nine spiritual gifts listed. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Each of these gifts are meant to be utilized to bless others. All right, they're not meant for our own good. They're meant for the good of those around us. Healing is meant to be used to heal others. Prophecy is meant to, to be used to encourage others. Tongues is meant to be used to intercede and pray for others. All of the spiritual gifts are meant to be utilized to be a blessing to others. So here's a question to ask ourselves, what happens if I don't use my spiritual gifts? What happens? If they're meant to be used for the common good, then what? Common good doesn't happen. If they're meant to bless others, then others are not being blessed. Now, I will say that using our spiritual gifts is risky. Because we're not doing it on our own power, right? That would be called a skill. <laughs> if we do things on our own power, that's called a skill. When we do things through the power of the Holy Spirit, it's supernatural and it's risky. So one of the spiritual gifts that God has given me is words of knowledge. And I'm actually going to talk about this next week. We're going to talk about prophecy and words of knowledge. So I encourage you to come back and uh, watch that sermon or be part of that sermon. But um, basically, word of knowledge is when God gives me a word or a phrase or a thought or an insight for somebody else that I really don't know in the natural at all. And it can be really risky. 
to, to, to receive a word like that and then to share it for somebody else. Well, this past Tuesday, as Rosa talked about during announcements, we um, had a worship circle. And so we had taken the chairs, put them in a circle here. One of our young adults was just playing guitar and leading us in a time of worship. And it's in settings like that many times that God will give me a word or a thought for somebody else. And so I'm sitting there, and it had been a long day, and I didn't really want to give a word to anybody. I, I didn't want to even think about it. I just wanted to sing a few songs and go home. That was my thought. That's what I wanted to do that night. And so God says, or God gives me this word for someone else, and then I have to choose, am I going to step out? Am I going to let the Holy Spirit manifest his gift of a word of knowledge through me to somebody else? I resisted, resisted it a little bit, but fortunately, I, I, I tend to give in to God. <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, and so I was able to share that with somebody else, and it was a blessing to them. But what would have happened if I hadn't shared it? It wouldn't have been a blessing to them. You can write this down. When I use my spiritual gifts, it creates an opportunity for God to do good. And I know it's risky, and I know it takes intentionality, but boy, it's so worth it to watch God work through you to bless others. And that's our first point. We should all use our Holy Spirit power tools to bless others. And then number two, your second feeling, we should all use our Holy Spirit power tools to fulfill our purpose. To fulfill our purpose. Verse 7 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Verse 11 says, All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. God distributes spiritual gifts just as he determines. He doesn't just take spiritual gifts and just go, Wah! and they just fall on whoever they fall on. That's not the way it works. God distributes them intelligently, intentionally. Now, for us, discovering our purpose is a big deal, right? I mean, that's part of the two basic questions in life. Who am I and why am I here? You know, what is my identity and what is my purpose? Our spiritual gifts can help us to understand who we are, who we are in Christ, and it can also help us to understand our purpose. Now, here's an illustration from baseball. Did you all know that there are different kinds of baseball gloves? You know, you have the infield glove, which is made in such a way, it's kind of a shorter glove. It's got a, a not so deep of a pocket, so the infielders can field a grounder and then pull it out really quickly to throw the ball to first base. And then you have the outfield glove, which has kind of a deeper pocket, but it still has to be able to use, be used for fielding grounders and fly balls. And then you have the first baseman's mitt, which has a really deep pocket because their job is just to really catch the ball and don't drop it. And that's what they're trying to do. And then you have the catcher's mitt, which has a lot of padding because the pitcher is throwing the ball in at 90 miles an hour and over and over and over again. And so it has a lot of padding. Now, if I'm throwing the ball, you know, that's 40 miles an hour over and over. They probably wouldn't need a catcher's glove. But that's what, so each mitt 
has a very specific purpose. So now just imagine if you're 10 years old, you show up to your first practice, and the coach walks over to you and hands you a catcher's mitt. Well, you're probably not going to run out in the outfield, are you? Right? You know because of the mitt that was handed to you that the coach wants you to play catcher. Or if the coach hands you a first baseman's glove, you know, okay, I'm supposed to go play first base. When we discover our spiritual gifts, we have an idea of what position God wants us to play. So learning our spiritual gifts helps us understand our purpose. So if God gives us the spiritual gift of healing, it's so that we can heal others. If he gives us the spiritual gift of prophecy, it's so that we can encourage and maybe even challenge others. If he gives us the spiritual gift of serving, it's so that we can use that gift to serve others. Does that make sense? As we learn our spiritual gifts, it helps us to understand our identity. It helps us to understand our purpose. As well, one of the things that's been helpful for me is to understand what spiritual gifts I don't have. You know, that can be helpful too, right? It can help us understand. One of the spiritual gifts I don't have is, well, I guess it's more of a natural gift, but I don't have the gift of singing. So, you know, we have Lori LaFree up here and Rochelle, and they're singing beautifully this morning, you know, here in the auditorium. And uh, I don't have that gift. So it helps me to understand what I shouldn't be doing. I don't know that it would be a blessing to all of you if I was up here singing. But here, let me give you another sports analogy. Here's a picture of one of my favorite basketball players. We have Spud Webb. He's on the left, and he's shown with Manute Bowl. Uh, I'm sorry, Spud Webb's on the right, Manute Bowl's on the left. And uh, Spud Webb is five foot seven, and Manute Bowl is seven foot seven. And I really like Spud Webb because he could jump. Let me see, do you have that other picture? Look at that. That guy could jump. But just because he could jump doesn't mean that he should be playing center, right? I mean, he's only five foot seven. So if he was trying to defend, he goes, Coach, put me in at center. I'm going to guard my new bowl. No, you're not. You're not going to do it very well, right? And in the same way, Manu Bowl, who's seven foot seven, if he said, Coach, man, I just want to, oh, I just want to be a guard. I'm tired of being center. I don't want to be center anymore. I want to be guard. A guard dribbles the ball down the court. And so here's Manu Bowl, you know, dribbling the ball. And this is really easy to steal. That, that's not how God created him, right? We need to be okay with the spiritual gifts that God has given to others as well. Does that make sense? Because he didn't give all the spiritual gifts to everyone. Only Jesus had all of the spiritual gifts. We all have a measure of them. Some we're stronger in, some we're not so strong in, and then some we don't have very much of at all. And we shouldn't be sad when we look over at our brothers and sisters in Christ and they're excelling at one of those wonderful spiritual gifts that we don't have. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 14 says this. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And I am so excited to be part of a church family where the gifts have been spread out. Because that gives us all a place to serve. That gives us all a place to use our spiritual gifts. Right? If, if everybody was gifted in worship, who would be standing out there doing worship? They'd all want to be on the stage, right? I, just, I love being part of a body where God has distributed them to the whole body. I want to read this. This is from Dr. Wen Jae Sung. He's the attending physician at White Memorial Medical Group. He says, We walk like a tripod fashion where the big toe knuckle and the fifth toe, the pinky toe knuckle, and the heel have a tripod walking ability. Sung says, If you remove one part of that tripod, the big toe, the little toe, or the heel, you lose balance. So even though the pinky toe itself has no functional value, Removing the metatarsal would make running, walking, and skipping nearly impossible. I'm going to take a moment. Because I feel like, you know, God may be impressing this today. Some of you here feel like your giftings put you like as a pinky toe in the body of Christ. You're just, you're just a little toe. I don't have great upfront skills. I'm just, I just do this one little thing. Every part is necessary. Every single person is necessary. We all have to use our gifts or the body is out of balance. So you can fill this in. If, even if I'm a little toe, I'm still a critical part of the body of Christ. Every spiritual gift is needed and necessary. Every one of us. And if we don't learn to utilize our spiritual gifts, the body is missing out. We should all use our spiritual power tools to fulfill our purpose. Now, just as a reminder, if you want to go deeper, uh, the next two weeks we're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit. We're going, to, we're going to talk about prophecy and words of knowledge. And then the following week, we're going to talk about the spiritual gift of healing. But if you want to go deeper into all of the spiritual gifts, we're taking, teaching a workshop on Wednesday, October 14th. I would encourage you to sign up for that. I'm going to turn ministry time over to Tony in the beacon and invite Rose to come up and lead us in a time of prayer. Thank you. So spiritual gifts are actually a vital part of our walk with Christ. They are a vital part of the body of Christ. And I feel like this morning, the Lord wants to hand out gifts. He wants to increase gifts in us this morning because it's important. 
Just like when it's our birthday and someone wants to give us a gift, the Lord has a gift for us. And it's up to us to receive that gift. So why don't you stand with me? And we're just going to ask the Lord to distribute the gifts as he determines, as scripture says. In the past, I have asked the Lord to give me an increase in wisdom, in the prophetic, in words of knowledge, and he has. And in between services, I was praying with someone, and the Lord showed me that I used to have the gift of compassion. <laughs> and then life happened, and I pushed it away. And I need to ask him for that gift of compassion again. So we are going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and distribute gifts because he wants to give them to us. He's just waiting. He's like a father who's just waiting to hand you a gift. So Holy Spirit, will you come? We just put your hands out in a posture of receiving from the Lord. Holy Spirit, will you come? And just give your gifts to your children. Lord, we're thankful for a father who loves his children more than we could ever imagine. And you have beautiful gifts for us. So Holy Spirit, would you come and just distribute gifts? Lord, we ask for an increase in gifts, an increase in the prophetic, an increase in healing. We ask for an increase in wisdom and compassion, Lord. If you feel a tingling in your hands or a heaviness in your hands as the Holy Spirit, if you feel a coolness or a warmth, It's the Holy Spirit. More, Lord. Lord, we ask for a revelation of what those gifts are that you are giving. Thank you for the sweetness of your presence. It's so good. Lord, 
Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you love us. We thank you for the gift of your spirit, Lord. I just had a sense that we need to pray for the high schoolers and middle schoolers. So if you're a high schooler, middle schooler, would you guys just raise your hand so we know where you're at? Yeah. There we go. I see that hand. All right. I just want to pray for those. And you guys help me pray for them, all right? Just kind of look around, see those hands. Let me pray for them. God, I pray for our high schoolers and our middle schoolers, our youth father. Man, Lord, I pray that they would not wait until they're old like me, to use their gifts, God, to learn about their gifts and use them, God. What this world needs right now, God, is youth to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, God, I pray right now that you would fill them up with your Holy Spirit and with power, God. And that the lie that says, I'm too young to prophesy is erased from their mind. The lie that I'm too young to pray for healing is erased from their mind, God. I pray that they would be bold and that they would step out and take risks to evangelize. Mm. God, let your Holy Spirit come. Move in them, Father, in their youth. Move in them, Father. Don't have them wait. Don't have them wait, Father. So God, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for all that you want to do. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to do more and more and more and more. Let us be a church that is in tune with what you're directing us to do. And God, I pray that you would give us courage to to step out and learn how to use the gifts that you've given us, Father. That we would not hold back but that we would step out and bless the people around us, Lord. I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, If we do have a prayer team, if you need prayer for anything, just come up and sit in the front row and someone will pray with you, but have a great week. We'll see you next week. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.